Hey, good morning, Spirit Church. How's everybody doing today? Awesome. Come on, let's stand to our feet. We've got a great service planned for you today. All right, come on, sing this out with me. Remember those walls that we called sin and shame. They were like prisons that we couldn't escape. But he came and he died and he rose. Those walls are rubble now. Remember those giants we called death and grave. They were like mountains that stood in our way. But he came and he died and he rose. Those giants are dead.
on, can we give him a shout of praise this morning?
morning I'd like to invite the prayer team to come forward. Isn't it amazing that we can carry our prayers, our burdens, our needs to the Lord? He's here this morning. We talked about in the first song that this is our God, this is what he does, this is who he is. And then our next song, he's been so good and because we have a friend in him, amen. This next song we're going to do is called Goodness of God, and I know you guys know it, we do it often. But God has been so good, and we can sing of his praise, and we can we know that he's running after us, but sometimes we have to stop so he can catch us, right? Can we take that moment and pause and just let him listen, listen to him, see what he's saying to you? And I will tell you that one thing for me, as, and I'm going to give you one of my, my faults here, is I absolutely do not feel comfortable speaking in front of the church. Can you believe that? But I love to sing, right? So God is pushing me out of my comfort zone this morning to do that. So if you're here this morning and you feel a call in your heart to come to the, the front, don't be afraid because I'm doing it afraid. Okay? Step out if you have something that you have a petition or prayer for because he is here. And these fine folks in the front, they'll join with you in that prayer. And let's just worship him this morning and let's just be blessed by the goodness of God this morning. Amen. Running out. 
Let's sing it again. All my life, all my life, you have been faithful. All my life, you have been faithful. Come on, lift that up to the Lord all across this house. All my life. Come on, church. I will sing. I will sing of your goodness. I will sing of your goodness, Lord. continues to play would you just sing of his goodness we don't need the words Lord we thank you for your faithfulness and your loving kindness to us God you are the same yesterday today and forever and you do not change our world our life changes things get chaotic and confusing and frustrating and scary but you remain the same you told us that in this world we would have trouble but we could take heart because you have overcome the world so God, through all the ups and downs, the highs and lows, the good times, the bad times, the rainy season, the dry season, you have been faithful and you'll continue to be faithful. Come on, let's thank him for that. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Praise his holy name. Thank you for faithfulness to us, God. Thank you for your mercy, which is new every morning. Thank you for your grace that knows no ending. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You're holy and awesome and worthy of praise. You are mighty to save, and there is none who is like you. Thank you for your goodness, Lord. Hallelujah. Surely the presence of the Lord is among us this morning. And as we are in his mighty, awesome presence, we're going to transition to a moment of holy communion. And I trust that you got this when you came in. If you did not, we have a team that is available to serve you. All you have to do is slip your hand up and they'll happily move quickly to where you are. We want everybody to make sure they're included. We say this is an open communion, which means you don't have to be a member of this church, but you should be a member of the family of God. And so while our ushers are moving, would you bow your head for just a moment? And would you just have a conversation with the Lord evaluating the condition of your heart? And you might want to pray something like this, Lord, if there be sin in my life, if my words, my thoughts, my actions have put distance between you and me this week, it's my fault. Lord, reveal that to me. Forgive me for where I have sinned. Help me to be more like you and to grow and to learn from this. I want to come before you in communion and right standing with you. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. That's what David wrote. Renew a right spirit within me. We can't take this moment or this opportunity lightly. This is the Lord's command to us is to have communion, to remind ourselves of his sacrifice for us. I typically at communion read from 1 Corinthians chapter 11, read Paul's instructions, but Paul is just reciting the instructions from Matthew chapter 26. And so this morning I want to read to you from Jesus' final communion 
here on earth. It says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it. And he broke it into pieces and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take this and eat it for this is my body. And the reason I read to you today from Matthew chapter 26 is the verse right before the verses that I read are the verses where Judas says, am I the one who's going to betray you? And Jesus says, you're the one. And then immediately changes his focus to my body is going to be given as a sacrifice for your sins. That's the Savior that we serve. That's the Jesus that we worship. This morning, this is just a piece of bread that has been placed inside of a cup. There's nothing supernatural about the bread. It is the significance which we place upon it. It is us intentionally remembering what he has done for us. So would you peel that back? And before we receive it, would you do just that? Would you join me in giving him thanks for his body which was given? First, Jesus, we say thank you from coming from heaven to earth to live among us the perfect sinless life. You walked among us. You know what it is like to feel pain and suffering. You know what it's like to be human. You performed mighty miracles. You taught with wisdom. You fed those who were hungry. You delivered those who were bound. You healed those who needed your restoration. Thank you for your body, which was given for us. Let's eat that together. The story goes on to tell us in Matthew 26, he took a cup and he gave thanks to God for it. And he said to them, he gave it to them and he said, each of you drink for it. For this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words, I will not drink of it again until the day I drink it with you anew in my Father's kingdom. And so what does communion do? It reminds us of the Lord's sacrifice for us. And what does that reminder do? Well, it, it prompts our hearts to fall in love with Jesus all over again because he's been so good and so faithful. But I believe it also motivates us to share his love, joy, and peace with a world that desperately needs it. And so this morning as we take communion, we are remembering Jesus' sacrifice, but not just his sacrifice for each of us, his sacrifice for all, for all. He died that none would perish, but that all would have eternal life. Before we peel this back, would you join me in giving him thanks, Lord Jesus, your precious blood. You said it was poured out, it was freely given, it was offered as a sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins, a penalty that you did not incur and that we could not pay, but you freely gave that we might have life. And we thank you for your sacrifice. While this is just grape juice in a cup today, the significance is that you were willing to die for sinners like me. Unrighteous, undeserving, unholy people that we would be in right standing with Almighty God. You traded our evil, filthy, sinful ways for your righteousness. We thank you for that. Thank you, Lord. There are many who have yet to hear. And as we receive communion today, we are reminded of those who have not heard of your gospel and of your love. Lord, we pray for laborers to be sent into the harvest field. 
because your word says that the harvest is plenty, but the workers are few. God, would you raise up more workers to go to those hard places to plant good seed? And would you be the one who reaps the harvest, Lord, for your kingdom's sake, we pray. In Jesus' name, let's peel that back and let's drink together, remembering what Christ has done for us. Let's drink together. just set that near you and would you just begin to worship the Lord and thank him for his sacrifice we honor you Jesus we reverence your name we lift you high in this moment God thank you thank you as we're together as a church family would you maybe make a point of contact with somebody nearby you might want to put your hand on their shoulder or take them by the hand and would you speak blessing and anointing and favor upon them thank you for health and life and strength Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your kindness. The Bible says the steps of the righteous are ordered and directed by you. So would you do that this morning, Lord? Guide and direct our footsteps in your paths for your name's sake, with your anointing upon us. Use us for your kingdom, we pray. In Jesus' name, thank you, God, for the unity we share in this room. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. As we are together and we are unified in this moment, we often, almost every time we meet together, we pray the Lord's Prayer as a church family. It's just a way that we remind ourselves of the unity that we experience in the body of Christ as believers. It was last Tuesday, I was with the team in Ecuador, and you'll hear more about that in a moment. It was the last time I prayed the Lord's Prayer. We were working in a four-story building. It was an open-air structure as they typically are in South America. And the Lord just prompted me and I said, I need somebody on every single floor of the building and we're going to pray the Lord's prayer and we're going to allow the words to resonate throughout the building as we pray the Lord's prayer. This is a powerful moment. But don't you know this morning that as we pray the Lord's prayer together, those words are resonating in the heavens. Not just in this building, not just in this structure, not just in our hearts, but they're resonating even up into the heavens. If you don't know the words, it's okay. Our team's going to put them on the screen for you. But let's pray this prayer together as a church family. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's praise him for that. Amen. Amen. Would you do me a favor? We're about to go to a, at the announcement time, but would you just turn and smile at somebody? Let them know how welcome they are this morning and how glad you are to see them here at Spirit Church. Good morning and welcome to Spirit Church. My name is Danny and we're so glad to have you with us. Whether you're joining us in person or online, you're part of our family. We'd love to connect with you. If you're joining us in person, you can scan this QR code to fill out your Connect card or your guest card. If you're joining us online, you can fill it out at spirit.church connect or spirit.church guest. 
This is a great way for you to stay connected and let us know how to best serve you. If you're new to Spirit Church, welcome. Pastor Jason and Robin would love to meet you in the Welcome Center right after this service. They just want to meet your family, give you a gift, and say thank you for joining us today. Also, if you're a guest, don't feel any pressure to give. But if you would like to give, here are three ways you can. You can use a giving envelope and place it in a kiosk as you leave the worship center. You can give online at our website at spirit.church give. Or you can use our church center app. Thank you so much for your giving. Your giving has allowed us to continue to reach families in our community with the love, joy, and peace of Jesus. Now I have a few announcements for you. If you're new to Spirit Church, we'd like to invite you to our new people party next Sunday, September 24th, after our 11 a.m. worship experience. Join us in the office area to meet our staff, learn more about the church, and have a free lunch on us. If you would like to attend, please sign up on our website at spirit.church slash sign up. Spirit Youth is hosting Taco Bell Olympics Wednesday, September 27th from 6.30 to 8.30 p.m. We will be celebrating See You at the Pole with Taco Bell themed games, big giveaways, and free Taco Bell. If you're a spirit group leader, please join us Wednesday, October 4th at 5.30 p.m. for a leader meeting. We will have dinner provided, and Pastor Robin will share updates as we kick off this next semester of spirit groups. Spirit Church, you're the best. Let's get out our message notes as Pastor Jason comes to continue his message series, Followership. This morning. Yeah, it's okay to clap. It's always okay to clap. Yeah. It's always okay to clap. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. You look amazing, by the way. We missed you last Sunday. Thank you, Pastor Grant, for an awesome message while you were there. And thanks for supporting our team that went. We're going to talk about it throughout the message this morning. But this series to me is just so profound for the season that we are in as a church. You know, all of us as Christians are called to be leaders. And that intimidates some people. That scares them. They say, that's not what I signed up for. I'm not called to be a leader. But all of us in the body of Christ are leaders. We are leading people closer to Jesus and hopefully not leading them further away from him. But to be a good leader, we have to learn how to be a good follower. And so I just want to set the stage with some things. I talked to you about this two weeks ago, but why does Spirit Church even exist as a church? What's the purpose of the church? It's not just an awesome place to come to. It's, it's just these words right here. We exist to please God. That's our whole purpose for our church is that we please God. That's what we want to do in everything, every song we sing. And man, the worship was so good this morning. I'm kind of like, why am I even up here right now? Jenny, come on. I know you don't like talking in front of people, but talk more in front of people. Woo, that was good. What is the mission of Spirit Church? Well, the mission of Spirit Church is to share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ with the least, the last, and the lost. And that is why we exist as a church family. And so the two principles of leadership that we've been talking about is that, number one, if nobody's following you, you're not leading. Right? And we got a bunch of people that have nobody following them, but they think they're leading, and they're, they're not a leader. But the more important principle of leadership is that to be a good leader, you have to be a good follower. 
And we have to follow Jesus and we have to follow spiritual mentors and examples in our lives. I mentioned a couple of Pastor Daryl Wooten, Pastor Bruce McCarty's people like that in my life that I'm following. I'm trying to be like them as they try to be like Jesus. And they have authority in my life to speak into me and say when they see things that don't reflect Jesus or to encourage when they see things that need to be accentuated because they are like Jesus. And I know that you're, you're super comfortable because you just got situated in your seat, but I'm going to invite you to stand because we're going to start with our in the vault text this morning. And this is a followership kind of verse. This is Paul writing to Timothy. Timothy, a young up and coming leader in the church. Paul, an older man who is mentoring and encouraging him to be more like Jesus. And this is our verse, our in the vault text for this entire month, the month of September, which by the way, we're over halfway through September all of a sudden. I don't know how that happened, but Christmas is coming, boys and girls. So get excited. So Paul's telling Timothy uh, to be a leader in the church, and so we're going to memorize this verse uh, of Scripture on the last Sunday of the month, which is that next week? Or is it two weeks? 30 days hath September, right? So what day is today? 17th, 24th. Yeah, so I think it's next Sunday, but I may be wrong. Anyways, we're going to recite this. We're going to have quotation stations set up. Here we go. We're going to say it on three. One, two, three. But you, Timothy, are a man of God. So run from all these evil things. Pursue righteousness and a godly life along with faith, love, perseverance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight for the true faith. Hold tightly to the eternal life to which God has called you, which you have declared so well before many witnesses. Let's pray together this morning. Father, thank you for the powerful truth of your word. I pray, like Timothy, we would hold tightly to the things which you have called us to, and we would declare well before many the truths you have placed inside of us. That is our challenge today as followers of you, as followers of Jesus, that we hold tightly to your truth and we declare it well. Lord, this morning, as your word goes forth, I pray nobody would hear my voice. I pray the Holy Spirit would communicate specifically, profoundly, uniquely to each of us exactly what you have intended for us to hear. And we thank you for that, that you're speaking. Because when you speak, when your word is proclaimed, it, it challenges us, it changes us, and it makes us more like you. And that's the result. We want to be more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you're seated. And a huge welcome to those who are watching online. I received a text that Jared and Kayla Schultz, our missionaries in Mozambique, Africa, are tuning in this morning. So we love you, and we're so glad that you're watching with us today. Yeah, it's okay to clap. It's okay to clap. So Paul is mentoring Timothy, but now I want you to take your Bible, whether it's your hard copy or your digital copy, and I want you to go to James chapter 3 and verse number 2. James 3, 2, and you say, okay, what's the connection? We're talking Paul and Timothy, and now you're bringing James into the equation. Well, James was one of the first New Testament books that was written. If you study it chronologically, his work came out first around A.D. 45 to A.D. 49, so not long after the death and resurrection of Jesus, James is writing, and people like Paul and Timothy would have been reading letters, most likely, from James and would have been growing in their faith. When we talk about faith, what do we mean by that? Well, these were people who were good Jews who encountered the, the man named Jesus, who was the Messiah, who changed everything, and now they're trying to live in a way that pleases him. They're trying to be a follower of Jesus, but they're trying to balance, how do I still maintain my 
Jewishness, if you will, but also be a Christian. And James is writing and encouraging them. Two weeks ago, he talked to us about wisdom. And if we need wisdom, we can ask our gracious God who gives it freely and generously. Last week, Pastor Grant talked about the connection or the intersection between our faith and works, that we have faith, but we also have to put it into action. This week, some members of this church got to do just that. We put our faith into action in Ecuador. There was a team of 13 of us that traveled to a city called Catamayo, and I want to show you a photo. This was taken on Wednesday afternoon when we were standing on the equator in Quito, Ecuador. It's the first time in my life that I've got to do that, and it was a really neat experience to be with this team. What we did is a week ago Thursday, we left Tulsa and we flew to Houston. And from Houston, we flew to Quito, Ecuador, and we took a nap. You can't call it that we slept for the night because it was only about 90 minutes. We got a nap, and then we got up early, and we flew all the way down to a city called Catamayo, Ecuador. It's at an elevation of 4,000 feet. It's about 400 miles south of Quito, and if you look at it on the map, you're not very far from the Peruvian border there. While we were in country, we were working with the missionaries, uh, Dr. Ron and Esther Mercat, and I've got a photo of myself with them. This is the only time you'll see me wearing a hat in church because I'm old school like that. Uh, Mercats are probably watching right now, and I love you very much. I'm glad to see you on, uh, on the live stream this morning. What the Mercats do with their ministry called Timothy's Abode is they bring in young leaders from the jungles of Ecuador to a ministry training center, and they teach them how to be missionaries back into their villages. So they come in for a period of about seven months. They learn about missions and how to share their faith and how to evangelize and contextualize the gospel to their culture. And then they are sent back into the jungle where they plant churches and minister to the indigenous people of Ecuador. Many of them are Quechua or Shuar Indian people that are there. And it's just amazing to see the work that God is doing there. I've got some drone footage of the building where they bring people to. It's an unbelievable four-story building. They've been working on it since 2016. COVID has kind of made it difficult there for a little bit, but they've got a team of about eight to ten men that come work there every single day. And uh, this building is an unbelievably impressive structure that they are building there, and I just have to stop and tell you how proud I am of the team that went. Three different times, three different people pulled me aside and said, this is the best team that we have ever had come and work with us. Yeah, yeah, it's okay to clap. One of the times Dr. Ron said, I've been a missionary for 37 years, and there have been teams that have come that we couldn't wait for them to leave. And we don't ever want to be that team, right? But he said, I'm telling you, 37 years in missions, and this is the best team that we've ever had. Another man pulled me aside. His name was Tom, and he said, I don't know what you guys do at Spirit Church, but keep doing it because what you're doing is working. Now, listen, that is a testimony to you, and that's a testimony to Jesus because we exist to to share the love, joy, and peace of Jesus Christ with the least, last, and the lost even if they're in Ecuador, that our goal as a church is to please God. So all the glory to him for that praise that was there. We had, of our 13 people, we had three different teams that were working. We had some people with electrical experience, some electricians that were there, and they ran conduit on the first and second floors of that building. It was a lot of conduit and a lot of cable pulling that was done while we were there. We had what I would like to call maybe the most important team, the cooking team. 
right? Because you got to have that good breakfast early in the morning. And there was even one night that well after dark that they were cooking in multiple different locations, making us potatoes and, and some great food to keep us going as we worked. We had the garden team, and I've got a photo of some of the work that they did. They transformed just this mound of dirt, this barren mound of dirt into this life-filled, vibrant, beautiful prayer garden. And listen, the grade on that is like 4,000% straight up in the air. I mean, it's like summoning Everest to get to the top of that gazebo while you're carrying plants and mulch and water up there. And, and, and this picture doesn't even begin to do justice to the color and the life and the vibrancy that was created in that prayer garden. And then we had what I called Team Emily. And Emily worked up here in this gazebo, and she hand-sketched and painted the world on the floor. Emily, stand up. Stand up. I know you're going to be mad at me, but stand up, Emily. Anyways, that was so awesome. In fact, let me get the whole team. Why don't you come down just real quick? Everybody that's here from the team, and uh, Dan and Janetta and Mike Morton, come on stage with me. Everybody else, come right down here to the front. Uh, I want to show you this other photo after Emily painted this. Again, she hand-drew. Dustin helped her, like, sketch it out to scale. She hand-drew, but then, look, our whole team gathered around. We got to lay hands. I think we got this photo to show you. We got to lay hands and pray, God, would your, would your gospel go forth to the ends of the earth on every nation, every tribe, every tongue, every people group, every country God would you minister and would you move and it was just absolutely amazing to be a part of that and I want to get this mic I want to let you hear just real quickly from Dr. Mike and then I want to let you hear from Dan and Janetta some of their experiences do you want to go ahead and just step right here in the light and let us see you it was only supposed to be the first service pastor has said but I, I want you to realize that what we can accomplish is a product of your prayers. I want you to remember, everyone that's prayed even a single prayer over this group, you have skin in the game, as they say. What happened is to your account. And when you pray, you open the hands of God to do what he wants to do. And if you talk about the least, the last, and the lost, we worked with a couple of guys that had to get permission from their king in the village to come. It's a whole different structure. Thank you for your prayers. You made possible everything that was accomplished. Amen. You guys are great. Amen. Thank you. All right, Dustin, scoot down here just a little bit. I'm not going to make you talk. You. Keep scooting. Keep scooting because Ron and Esther are going to text me and say we can't see the whole team on screen. Dan and Janetta, you step here. And Mike, here's your cup. Back. And Dan and Janetta got to go. They're a married couple, which was really exciting that they got to share this together. You know, on our Alaska trip, like Stephen got to take Talon, and Yvonne got to take Cade, and Mike got to take Brody. Where are you? Oh, there you are. Hey, Mike. Got to take Brody. And so I just love this concept where families get to go together. It doesn't always happen, but when it happens, there's just something so dynamic and powerful. So I want you guys to share just a little bit of your thoughts. Well, good morning. Um, you know, for us, going to Ecuador was exciting because we traveled extensively. We'd been to a lot of places in the world we hadn't been to Ecuador. And so I signed up because I thought this is gonna be great. We're gonna see another new country. We both speak some broken Spanish. We'll get to use our Spanish skills. And if we get to share a little bit of the love uh, of Jesus Christ and serve a little bit while we're at it, well, that'll be great. 
but it turned out to be a whole lot more than that. First of all, um, as Pastor Jason already mentioned, the team just came together um, following his leadership, worked together, supported one another. There was no conflict. Everyone was helping other, uh, each other out. And, you know, this team, I, I, don't, I believe that most of us didn't know each other before we went, uh, but we bonded together and worked together to accomplish things really well. Um, and there's a lot of diversity in the group. We ranged in age from 24 to 70-something. So uh, it, was, it was amazing how we all came together. And then the building, you know, uh, Pastor Jason, already you've seen pictures of it. The building is absolutely amazing. The pictures really don't do it justice. It was looks like it's largely complete, but there is a ton of work, electrical work to be done, and it all needed to be done in conduit. And while we had a few few skilled electricians amongst us, uh, a lot of us, like myself, were really scratching our skills to be able to get things done. But uh, working together with the locals and uh, using my broken Spanish and some charades, we got a lot done. Um, all of that said, there's a lot more to be done there. A lot of work remains. And... I come away from it just amazed at how God works because we went down there and while we had some prayer times, we had some testimony times, we did go to one local church service, we mostly worked and we mostly worked hard and long. But through all of that, I come away just absolutely burdened in my heart to make a difference for Christ. I do not want... I, I want my life to have eternal significance, and what matters is people all around the world. And I, I want to go back. I want to work on my Spanish. I don't know where the Lord's going to take us, but um, I'm burdened to make a difference. And um, like has already been touched on, um, relationships are so important. I believe that God created us uh, for a communion with him and community with each other. And those two things are very intertwined. And I do believe, like, we drive an hour to go to, to church. So we come from the Kansas side. And previous to this, the only person we knew on the team was Jason. And so this was great. And I would echo that for all of us on the team here, that for us personally, we made 10 new friends that we would not have made had we not gone on this trip. And so I think that is one of the benefits of going on a trip like this is to just build community with each other. Um, and so uh, another thing that um, I saw and I heard from several people was um, not just the, the time that we spent together, but the, re the bonding of souls and the bonding of spirits that we did. We did have some prayer time and we had some time of speaking into each other. And that was just super, super cool. On, on a more personal level for Dan and I, um, we had not been on a missions trip for, I think it's been like, I don't know, 15 years for sure. Um, and so this was actually cool for us to do another missions trip together. Um, typically, he covers the more practical aspect, and I cover kind of more the relational aspect. And so doing this together was super cool because we were able to see each other serve um, both uh, in our different capacities and 
on the same team but in our different capacities and that was super cool because it helped us to realize how much we had grown both personally uh, in our faith but also together as a team and so we would like to encourage all of you out there uh, whether you're a couple or whether you're a single if you're able and you have not yet um, to go on a mission together whether it's here or abroad because God created you to be a good and perfect team and if you've not yet discovered what that looks like for you personally missions trips are one of the greatest ways that you can do that and serving is definitely one of those great places and ways that you can do that so um, on behalf of the whole team we thank you for um, just your prayers and partnership in in uh, all of this so. that's awesome thanks Jeanette I just want to say also that Jeanetta um, they did say they drive from Kansas I know you're going to take it anyway, so I'm just handing it to you. <laughs> Jeanetta, they drive from Kansas, but if you ever use the Spirit Church app or the Church Center app and you do um, questions with your small group, Jeanetta writes all the questions for us every week. Can you give her thanks for doing that? Appreciate you so much. In fact, at, at about midnight Thursday morning, she said, I'll write the questions. Just get me the message. When we're sitting in the Quito airport and I'm frantically typing on my iPad, just get me the questions. I'll, I'll write them for you. So. Thank you. This morning I asked Pastor, do you trust me? He said, no. He's a very wise man. <laughs> there was an award. There was an award that I would like to share with the team, and it's the Gumby Award. And we all deserved it, every member on this team. And it was Pastor Jason's words that kept echoing through our minds, our hearts, and our souls. Be friendly, flexible, and full of grace. And so for that reason, I want to share this not only with the team, but with Pastor, and there's a few little uh, reminders in there, including, including the anti-parasite <laughs> medication. Um, and I took one. Uh, but anyway, I want to also, in giving it to Pastor, he can keep it for all of us, but I know he's going to give it to God. Amen. Amen. To God be the glory. Thank you so much. Will you give a big hand for our team that went this week? Thank you guys so much. Will you hand this to Robin? Thank you. So again, I want to echo what the team said, and I want to thank you. You know, before we left, we were able to send $25,000 to Ecuador for this project, and it's because you give. It's because you give that we were able to send that money down. Every week when you tithe, every week when you fill out your form and you put missions or faith promise, what you see on the screen is a direct result of your giving, is that God is using that all around the world, and so we're so thankful for it. I want to pray um, for Timothy's abode real quick. I want to pray for the work that's being done. You can stay seated, but maybe if you want to stretch your hand towards this photo. Lord, we're praying not just for... Um, Timothy's abode in Ecuador and the work that is being done, but we're praying that your kingdom would come and your will would be done all throughout this earth, amongst every nation, tribe, and tongue, and people group, on the places where Christ has not been named, in the countries where it is illegal to proclaim the name of Jesus, we pray for open doors, we pray for receptivity to the gospel, we pray for hearts that have been hardened, and walls that have put, been put up, and we ask them to come crumbling down in Jesus' name. And we pray that your word, your love, your joy, your peace would go forth both in Ecuador and throughout the world. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. Last thing, and then we'll dive quickly to James chapter 3. I know some of you are disappointed you didn't get to go. Next year, we're going to take two trips, possibly a third trip. I want to highlight one of them because it's a, it's a pretty big-time deal. It's Zambia, Africa, and I put it on the screen because I haven't yet met a person who can tell me where Zambia, Africa is. So now you all know there's your geography lesson. Reed and Clarissa apparently think they know where it is, but that's where it is. Uh, we're going October 14th through the 24th next year. We're going to try to build two tabernacle churches in Zambia. The, some teams that just got back have shared with me, the missionaries have told me, remember back in the day when like, they would have a, a church under a tree? Anybody old enough to remember that? Well, there's a, a lady pastor in a village, and she had 19 people. She didn't have them under a tree. She had them next to a bush because there wasn't a tree. So she had 19 people meeting next to a bush, and a team from the States came in, and they built this tabernacle along with the, the African natives that were there. They built a tabernacle. They finished it on Friday. On Sunday, they had 42 people come to church. That's more than doubling a church in two days' time because a church would be willing to invest. So that's what we're going to do next October. I'm just foreshadowing that for you. All right. Our lesson this week from James is about taming our tongues. And that's the response I get every time I say that. Nobody ever goes, yes, I have been waiting for a message on watching my mouth. I, I told people before, I told the prayer team they were going to pray with me. I said, hey, pray, we're, we're going to talk about watching our mouths. And they're like, <laughs> nobody ever is like excited to hear a message on taming our tongues. But we have to dig into this if we're going to be good followers. It's a hard topic to talk about, especially during football season, right? Because it's hard to tame the tongue when the team doesn't do what we think they should have done or when the ref makes a really bad call and we have to guard and watch our mouths. It's a tough lesson to learn when we're on a missions trip. And this phrase isn't on the screen, but I want you to lean into these words. Our mouths are the clearest indications of our commitment to Christ. Let me say that again. Our mouths are the clearest indications of our commitment to Christ. And James writes that to us. Look at James chapter 3 and verse number 2. You might have it there in your Bible, or you can look at it here on the screen. Indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also control ourselves in every other way. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. Look at the very next verse, num verse number five. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness, corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself the last part of the passage james 3 7 people can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish but no one can tame the tongue the tongue is a restless evil it's full of deadly poison sometimes our tongue praises our lord and father and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of god and so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth surely my brothers and sisters this is not right does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs no and i want you to remember this last line you might highlight it or underline it you can't draw fresh water 
from a salty spring. We're going to come back to that in just a second. See, James tells us that we're supposed to tame our tongues, and that's a phrase that we don't hear every day. And sometimes when we say tame the tongue, we say, oh, that means profanity. And I don't curse or cuss or whatever you call it, so I'm good. I can tune out on this one. Oh, taming the tongue, that means gossip. And I don't gossip, so I don't have to worry about this lesson. But what James is teaching us is not just about cursing and about gossip. He's talking about every word that comes forth from our mouths and he's asking us are we speaking life and encouraging everyone or are we speaking negativity and death are we sharing love joy and peace with our words you know if you've been around me for any length of time that pastor Daryl Wooten is like my hero he's one of my best friends talked to him yesterday on the phone he pastored this church for 18 years and if he were here this morning he would probably say something like this there are two times to tame your tongue when you feel like it and when you don't sounds like some of you have heard something like that from him before in fact I don't have time to do it but I'm going to do it because I wrote it in honor of Pastor D I wrote a top 10 most important times to tame the tongue top 10 list in honor of Pastor D I hope you're watching I'm going fast number 10 Mondays number 9 a 6 year old soccer game number 8 when you hit your hand with a hammer number 7 when you're surrounded by a large crowd Number six, when you're not surrounded by a large crowd. Most important times to tame the tongue. Number five, when your boss makes you mad. Number four, when you are the boss and you are mad. Number three, when you're golfing, hunting, or shopping with your friends. Number two, when you're on a missions trip. Number one, most important time to tame the tongue, when you're speaking to your spouse or your children. There's two times to tame the tongue, when you feel like it and when you don't. And on the mission trip this week, we had to practice taming the tongue. Because when you're on a mission trip, you are, as Roxanne said, friendly, flexible, and full of grace. And we're a family, but you're under a lot of stress when you're on a mission trip. And the words that you speak, whether you're on a mission trip or you're here at home, the words you speak are incredibly powerful. I believe this, and it's not on the screen, but I want to share this with you quickly. Before we left, we had this event called First Wednesday. I bet you'll never guess when we have that service. The first Wednesday of every month. And we had the prayer team come down and pray over our missions team. And some of you, I spoke specifically, and I said, pray with me about this. We all want to make it, and we would prefer that our bags made it as well. We'd also prefer that our bags just sailed right through customs when we got there. Not because we were taking anything illegal, not that we were doing anything we weren't supposed to do, but we had a ton of equipment, electrical conduit, and, and those kinds of things that had to get down there. And not the long pipes of conduit, obviously, but, but boxes and things like that that we had to get there. And I said, please pray, because the system works like this. They stamp your passport, you get your bags, and if you get a green light, you're good, and you can leave. If you get a red light, you have to go through through the security line well the night we got there the, the lights weren't working so they had an official a government official standing there and you either got the keep going or the stop and go for inspection and I'm the last one to leave with my luggage and there's about four of our people and then there's about three people that I don't know and then there's about two or three people that are with me and the four of the people from our team just kept walking the government official never even looked at them now remember I've asked people to pray that that's exactly what will happen then there's two people, maybe three, that aren't with our team, and the government official looks at them and gives them the right hand. I don't know if you know this about me, but I don't blend in well. I'm not the guy that looks like everybody else. I'm kind of like the, where did that thing come from kind of person. So if somebody's going to get pointed out, I'm your guy. 
But when the three that were with me walked, it was as if we were invisible. She never looked at us. She never spoke to us. She never motioned to us. And it happened with every single member of our team that went through the line. And I believe that's because of the words and the prayers that people spoke because words are powerful. Words are so powerful. And I have two quick points that I want to share with you about our words today. Number one, words start in the heart. And I want you to write that down or take a picture of that or, or pull that up on the Church Center app, but words start in the heart. Now, those who study communication and linguistic specialists would tell you, no, 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 words happen when your mouth moves and your tongue flutters and the breath goes over your vocal cords and words are formed as they come out of your mouth. But the Bible teaches us that words actually begin in our heart. Matthew 12 says, a tree is identified by its fruit. And if a tree is good, its fruit will be good. But if a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. Jesus speaking to Pharisees and people, he says, you're a brood of snakes. How could evil men like you speak what is good and is right? And look at the last thing he says in this, this uh, verse. For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. What are we putting in our heart? Because what we put in our heart determines the words that come out of us. In fact, the very next verse, verse 35 of, of Matthew 12, Jesus says, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart. When you're on a missions trip, you have to be really careful with the things that you allow into your mouth, the water in the shower. You definitely don't want to open your mouth in the shower, which is a huge thing I have to remember all the time because I love to stand under the shower you know, and let all the polluted water come into my mouth. But you always want to make sure the water's filtered or your mouth is closed. What if we had a filter over our hearts? And the things that the evil one tried to plant inside of us that we rejected and said, not allowed, not allowed. My heart is precious and I'm not allowing those evil things to be deposited into the treasury of my heart because I know if they go into my heart, they'll eventually come out of my mouth. And so we say, Lord, set a filter over my heart that nothing that displeases you can enter so that nothing that displeases you will exit from my heart. What is the condition of my heart? Whether I'm on a missions trip or I'm here at home, what is the status of my heart? What am I allowing into my heart? Because my words will tell me the condition of my heart. The second truth about words this morning is that words communicate powerfully. A lot of times we say that it's the body language that accompanies the words that communicate powerfully, but words are powerful. James writes it right here. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's a restless and evil. It's full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. Sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth and when blessing comes pouring out of our mouth it comes pouring out powerfully but when cursing comes pouring out of our mouth it comes powerfully as well that's why we talked about you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring and the condition of our heart is so important because it's that spring from which our words are coming from and when they're coming out they're communicating with more power than we realize Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 20 and 21 are some of the most powerful verses about the words that we speak. And look at what they say. Wise words satisfy us like a good meal. And the right words will bring satisfaction. But look at the highlighted part. The tongue can bring death or life. The tongue can bring death or life. You see, sometimes our words speak death. And that's why Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 29 tells us, don't use foul words or abusive language. And, so, and we, we read that and we go, 
good, I don't do that, I'm good. But then Paul writing to the Ephesian church goes on to say, not only don't use foul or abusive language, but let everything that you say, man, that's hard when you think about it. Let everything that you say be good and helpful. Let everything that you say be an encouragement to those who hear them. Sometimes words speak death when they could be speaking life. And maybe you would sit out here today and you would say, I've had those situations where people's words spoken over me have brought pain and they have brought hurt. And we've created this little song that we sing to make ourselves feel better. Sticks and stones can break my bones. Words can never hurt me. That's a lie. I don't know who came up with it. I didn't study the etymology of the phrase, but it's just not true. Words have the power to bring life or death, and I don't typically quote from the message paraphrase, and it's not on the screen, but I want to show you what it says because I think it speaks to what we're talking about this morning. Here's Proverbs 18:21 from the message. Words kill, words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose you choose it starts with that filter that's set over my heart that the good things go into my heart so that good words come out of my mouth but then it's my choice and you know we, we have this phrase sometimes in our family that just because I think it doesn't mean I have to say it just because I typed it out doesn't mean I have to send it or post it a lot of times some things are best left unsaid and that's where we say Holy Spirit give me the words to say when I need to say them give me the wisdom when I'm supposed to keep my mouth closed because words can speak life or death and we choose whether we're going to speak life to people or speak death to people I want to close with just a quick story and here, here's a photo again of me not fitting in into the culture in which I was placed on Saturday night, they drove us up and over the mountains. We went over 8,000 feet, about 8,000 feet, just shy, and then back down into a village called Katakocha. This, this man preached, and I promise, when he was on the platform, he looked like he was 6'2". I mean, the dude was a giant. And then he got off the stage, and I was like, what happened? What they did at the end of service was they invited our team to come to the front and to pray over their church family. And they said, we want you to come down and let this team from Oklahoma pray over you. And I know what you're thinking. Outside of Dan and Janetta, y'all know Hablo Espanol. And that was very true. But you know what? God doesn't care that we don't speak Spanish and they don't speak English. He doesn't need earthly languages to communicate the message of love. And so their people from their church just started moving. They didn't even know who we were. We walked in in the middle of their service, and then they said they were so hungry for God that they let us pray over them. And we're praying, and I'm praying over different ones. I'm going through the congregation prayer for people. I find myself in the back of the room, and I'm just pacing. I'm just seeking the Lord. And all of a sudden, I looked, and the pastor's still on stage, and nobody's praying for him. And then Roxanne comes up, and she says, Pastor, nobody's praying. I said, I know, for the pastor. We're supposed to pray for the pastor. Well, all of a sudden, then the pastor just closed the service. He said, go back to your seats. We're going to pray a blessing, and we're going to dismiss you. We ran. We got Dr. Mike, one of our deacons, and we went to the missionary. We said, we're supposed to pray for the pastor. We, we want to pray over him and his family. I didn't even know who his wife was at this time. I'd only seen him on stage. She comes walking up. We just begin to pray, and I'm just 
praying what I think is a good prayer. Lord, I know what it's like to be a pastor. I know the challenges they face. I know the burdens they carry. God, would you give them strength? Would you renew them? Would you encourage them? Would you walk with them and direct them? And all of a sudden, I ran out of things to pray. It's weird because I don't usually do that. I usually can just kind of keep going and praying, but I just stopped. And I didn't have words, and I just kind of stopped, and I just worshiped the Lord. I still got my hands on the pastor and his wife on their shoulders. And all of a sudden, the Lord just gave me this, this, this dream or this vision. And, and somewhere in the Bible, it says, in the last days, your old men will see visions, your young men will dream dreams, or the other way around. And so I don't want to say that I'm old. So whichever one it wasn't is what I saw, right? Because I'm still young. And I looked at the interpreter and I said, I, I want you to tell him that in my mind, I see a harvest field set up against a mountain and I see the sunrise coming up over the mountain onto the harvest field. And she began to, like she was gonna start and I said, tell him that what I see is it's a, it's, it's a new dawning of a new season that God, and all of a sudden she looked at me, the interpreter looked at me and she stepped back and she said, her name is Dawn. Her name means sunrise in Spanish. And she translated it to the pastor and his wife and they broke immediately. She's still crying in the photo while she's laughing at how tall I am. And they said, this is confirmation that we have desperately needed from the Lord, that we're supposed to start this new season, that we're supposed to launch this new ministry, this new vision, that God is confirming that there is a new day, a new dawning, a new sunrise that is coming for us. That story has nothing to do with me. It's because Jesus and his words speaking through me spoke life into someone else's situation we have the opportunity to speak death or to speak life. I wanna be a person that speaks life. I want my words to communicate powerfully the life that Christ has for them. Would you bow your head for a second? Because the most powerful words you could ever say are those which confess Jesus as Savior and Lord. And if you're here today and you have never publicly declared or you have never confessed Jesus as Savior, this is your moment and this right now is your opportunity. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you down front. I'm simply going to pray with you in this moment. If you're here and you say, yes, I'm saying yes to Jesus. I want to make him the Lord of my life. I'm going to stop living for myself and I want to live for him. I want you to raise your hand and just make eye contact with me. Again, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to pray. If you want to say, yes, I'm saying yes to Jesus, I want you to lift that hand. If you're watching online, I want you to put the word yes in your chat box to let us know of the decision that you're making. Thank you. I've seen a hand go up already. Anybody else in the house, thank you for that hand that I've seen. Anybody else that I may have missed this morning? I don't want to miss somebody. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for that one other hand that I saw. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, that's those words again, and if we believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, we will be saved. When you lifted your hand, you said, I believe, and now there's a confession moment. And I want all of us to pray this prayer of confession together. All of us, whether you raised your hand or not, you're here in person or not. Dear Jesus, thank you for loving me. I'm sorry that I've sinned and lived a life that was not pleasing to you. Today, I receive you as my Savior and Lord. I ask you to forgive me of my sins and make me more like you. And I will do my best 
to live for you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want you to stand to your feet if you would. Would you give God praise for what he's doing? People saying yes to Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm not even going to get onto you for golf clapping right there, but that was a golf clap if I've ever heard a golf clap. Here's why I'm not going to get onto you. We try to do this at the end of our services. I know we're past time, so go get your kids quickly as soon as we're done. I want you to bow your head and I want you to just pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? Just pray that prayer right now. Holy Spirit, what are you speaking to me? And just let him talk to you for just a second. Lord, help me to put a filter over my heart so that there won't be evil, that there won't be ugliness, there won't be things that shouldn't come out through my mouth. And Lord, when I do speak, would my words bring glory and honor to you? Lord, when I do speak, would I speak life into people who need to hear it? Set a guard over my heart, Lord. Help me to declare your praise, your glory, and your honor. Thank you, Jesus. What an incredible morning of just testimonies and the power of God moving. One thing I want to challenge us with is to also embrace the mission field you're in right now. You know, as awesome as it is to go on these mission trips and as motivating as it can be, you also are called to this place for this reason and this season, and God has a purpose for you. So I want to challenge you, embrace the call, embrace the challenge, and begin looking to truly reach one more. How can you be a light to a community that you're in right now that's broken and hurting and needs restoration? How can you show Jesus to the people around you? God wants to move in an incredible ways, so embrace that challenge. Before you leave today, just a few things. We love our next generation, and tonight we've got our next generation ministries rolling, so make sure you bring your kiddos to come and hang out with us tonight. Hey, in addition to that, thanks for taking communion with us today, but if you would please take those communion cups and drop them in the buckets that will be available in the back or a trash can on your way out, it just helps us to keep God's house clean and continue to take care of his property, not ours, right? And then as we leave today, I just want to pray a prayer of blessing over us all. So if you'll raise your hands towards heaven. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. And may the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. Go with God this week.